The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 12th, 2023, season 19, episode number 51. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today, uh, we'll continue our breakdown of Cowboys versus Chargers. Uh, Today, we're going to look at Cowboys defense versus the Chargers offense. Uh, Dive in a little deeper on that. This is actually going to be our final show of the week, so uh, we'll also get to some picks here before the end of the show. we got some things going on tomorrow, so we won't be having a show tomorrow, uh, but we'll get to our picks by the end of the show so you guys will hear what we think is going to happen this weekend. Uh, So let's get it rolling. I want to start first today, Brian, uh, with uh, yesterday Cowboys make a roster move, add a linebacker to the roster, Rashawn Evans. Uh, what what do you have in the way of a scouting report on this guy? Yeah, uh, I'm glad we got to finally do that. Uh, my gang of seven are my general manager and player personnel friends around the league, and I always kind of lean on them because uh, they're the ones that watch the tape and build emergency boards and all that. Rashawn Evans was a guy that uh, when I asked him, I said, give me some linebacker names. When Van Der Esch went down, uh, Rashad Evans was the number one guy on four of the lists hmm. that I uh, of these general manager and player personnel friends I have and so I was good to you know it was nice to to see it that way just kind of a thumbnail on him they they was talking about how he you know he's an instinctive inside linebacker Uh, he's got some thump to him high motor high effort type of guy the thing that they talk about with him is everybody was mentioning he has played a lot of football and that's something when we start to talk about you know Amber always asks about well is he going to be ready? Is he going to be one of these guys you bring in? Is he in shape? Is he, you know, there's all these questions, the ramp up. They make a really big deal about that. But everybody felt like, excuse me, felt like that Evans was one of those guys that was ready to play. And so that's, you know, I could see why he was first on uh, a lot of these teams' lists, their emergency boards. And uh, so it, uh, that, that in itself, I think bodes pretty well, but the, I think the thing that everybody was talking about was about you know this guy is a physical player. He will he will take on uh, blocks. He'll get off blocks. He'll play in the running game, and uh, the effort and the motor, all those things that you kind of like in a player. And and they'll get him acclimated to what the Cowboys are doing scheme wise, and then uh, incorporate him and let him uh, go to work. So. Uh, everybody that I talked to seemed to be on board with this. Look at the Cowboys. They have a really nice track record uh, with their pro department and their ability to go out and find guys, either find guys off the street, poach guys from other teams, or sign guys, trade for guys. So uh, I think they're on the right path with this signing right now. Why was a guy like this available? Why was he on the street? You never know. Uh, you know, there's there, Sometimes you get to a point where maybe a guy's a veteran guy and you know maybe there's maybe it's not the exact scheme fit that you want and there are other players to become available you know we've got this now with the XFL and the USFL that a little bit more of an access to go out and get players so maybe some players that were with teams 
won't get an opportunity again or they get passed by because they're not the fit. And scouting's not perfect. We miss guys all the time. Uh, you know, and maybe it's a, one of those things where, okay, we kind of have an idea what he is. He's an emergency board guy. And in the Cowboys' sake, right now, or the Cowboys where they are right now, they're, they're in an emergency just because of the lack of depth. But sometimes, too, you have a situation where uh, these personnel departments just kind of pigeonhole a guy and put him to the side. And then other teams are kind of like, you know, well, wait a minute, we know this guy. We have a history with this guy. Oh, a coach knew this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that, that's uh, George Edwards. Uh, that's how you got Curse. You know, George yeah. Edwards has a history, had a history uh, with Curse at Minnesota. And so then, you know, you sometimes you get guys that way. And uh, um, it's, 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 it's not perfect, but uh, that's probably why he was on the street. Teams not really thinking about him in a way that now the Cowboys, well, wait a minute, this is a better fit. We've got to find something better. Of all the guys that they worked out, I, I'm sure he was the best one on their list. Yeah, I think for those that are asking <clears throat> why the why the Eagles um, released him from the practice squad, I, it's just a numbers game for the Eagles. Eagles, as far as positional uh, uh, content for them as practice squad. I mean, they're running heavy on cornerback at the practice squad. They got three cornerbacks. They got two, three wide receivers. So it's just when you look at that and the fact that they already have a linebacker, another linebacker in Van Sumeren on the practice squad. They've already designated N'Kobe Dean for return. They're expecting him back on the field. They just don't have that need, but they have a need for CB depth. They have a need to make sure their wide receiver core stays strong as far as depth is concerned. So when you look at it from their aspect, you look at a guy, uh, one of the linebackers was probably going to end up going, and it just ended up being Rashawn Evans. Their loss is hopefully the Cowboys game. Yeah, we we had a chance to interview Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network yesterday on 105.3 The Fan, and we asked him, because Baldy, he lives in that area, that Philadelphia, he has that background and and uh, I believe Gavin Dawson asked him well, why why did the Eagles move on and and to Patrick's point you're absolutely right about they're struggling at corner right now in their secondary but he was saying you know I, he goes it didn't feel like there was anything that was a negative as far as a nothing wrong oh, he's a bad him. guy right. he's right. you know right. he's he's being problems he's being combative and all that no it was just it was like Patrick was talking about it, and it was very well put a numbers thing with them so Baldy was very uh very much a uh, a fan of the guy he goes listen I've seen him play at other places Tennessee he goes mm-hmm. at one time this guy was a force to deal with uh when you watched him play so uh, you know hopefully the Cowboys uh you know in week uh week six you know catch a break on on one of these things I mean the talent is definitely there and, and this is a guy who's not um, you know, he, he's used to the big stage. I mean, he comes from uh, the Alabama program yeah. and, you know, uh, he understands the pressure of playing and performing in the NFL. He's, you know, a first round pick. And I mean, he's been there, done that as far as pressure is concerned. And that's what he's coming into a pressure packed situation. Cowboys coming off of a butt whooping uh, and they lose their green dot, you know, and um, LVE, which is also one of their best run defenders. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's being asked to step in and do a lot. The ability is definitely there. The question is, you know, where is he at? Uh, he's only 27, so we're not talking about a 32 or 33 year old. He's still fairly young by linebacker standards. Um, so the, there's still a lot of potential for him to come in and, and be that impact guy. But like we talked about on yesterday, uh, I mean, there's no point in pretending that you know one guy is going to be the one that solves the LVE uh, equation until LVE returns. But I will say Evans has as uh, as good of a chance as anyone to at least help um, them resolve that. After yeah. the the Zeke situation. During the offseason, heading into training camp, him being still being available and teams not really picking him up yet. I've 
changing my tune on guys that are available or uh, like becoming more open-minded. Yeah, merc- they're mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. Like T.Y. The- Hilton was a mercenary. So you never know. And again, Zeke's situation totally off topic and his production in New England has been, you know. But the point is, I've kind of become more open-minded about that and how you evaluate certain talents and why you, well, there are still guys that are, are good or can right. be good that are still available or they're out there, but you always initially go into that thought and it's like, well, if this person was any good, why is still out there in the streets? But yeah. also keep yeah. in mind, I mean, free agency is always a two-way street. So, yeah. you know, once he was released from the Eagles and like he Brian and I were talking was. about, yeah. it was a positional numbers game for them. They just yeah. didn't need that depth at linebacker. He's released and now he's able to pick and choose where he wants to go and then, you know, Dallas comes up as the blinking light. They lose LVE. So, maybe those other opportunities weren't, you know, such as that you're being thrown in as a starter. Maybe it was, oh, well, we'll sign you to the practice squad and we'll, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how it goes. Now, even if the Cowboys do sign them, sign him to the practice squad, he's going to get a ton of burn. He's getting yeah. early elevations. Often he's getting a ton of burn. So if you look at it from that capacity, maybe he was waving off those others, waiting for the right spot. And this, you know, is it works out well for him. Yeah, you hope this is uh you hope this is the reincarnation of a Alabama linebacker that was also a first round <laughs> pick back see in the where day. You're going with this. Yeah, Rolando McClain. That you dude know. has some talk about having some thump to you. He Man, had some thump to him. My only my only thing that I'm so disappointed <laughs> about Rolando McClain. Only? No, the this this is my, <laughs> No, 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 man. Rolando McClain was all right. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, I'm disappointed I never got to go fishing with him. Yeah. I always wanted to go fishing. He fish. was a big fishing guy. He yeah. loved to fish. Like, his house was on fire at one time, and I think he was fishing, and he just kind of watched it burn while he was fishing. Oh, so, I mean, that is commitment. He's one, no, he's one of those guys. But, no, I, Rolando McClain, if, if they could find a – if you find out – we all know about a big, thumping linebacker. Yeah. That was Rolando McClain. Yeah, he so. could have been such a force, yeah. a yeah. continued force. Yeah. But, you know, what I love about this, this, partic- this uh, particular move is the fact that uh, I think the linebacking room needs some veteran presence, and I think you're bringing in a guy that has some experience yeah. uh, that could help Damone Clark uh, because you really want to see him develop uh, in only his second year. So I think this move could be not only a guy that can uh, of the best of what's out there and available to you, but it also can have other ramifications to help you kind of develop some of your younger guys uh, in that room without having LVE. Because when you, I mean, a couple of weeks ago you brought in Michael Jones. He's a younger guy. Can't necessarily give too much mentorship to Damone Clark. Uh, worked out Brandon Smith, but Brandon Smith, young guy, um, some, some familiarity there from the Penn State time mm-hmm. he spent with Michael Parsons before uh, Michael opted out in 2020. Um, but, I mean, when it comes to the options as far as who has a ton of NFL experience, Rashawn Evans, 67 star and I think 73-ish uh, NFL games. Former first-round pick, knows how to be dropped into uh, a pressure pack situation, comes from a big program where he was an All-American talent. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer that he would, like Brian said, would be at the top of several people's lists. And the Cowboys just kind of uh, fortuitously uh, looked into him because if if he's not available and you go into this uh, – this absence of LVE, you're kind of you're kind of up against it, uh, and yeah, you're you're going to ask Damone Clark to step up and do more, um, but still trying to solve, trying to fill that hole is is going to be a challenge. And just to give you an idea of the production he had just last year, uh, while he was with Philadelphia, he had 86 tackles, not a bad year for yeah. a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, had six tackles for a loss, uh, and he had two sacks. So. He's a guy that can I'll get a little it. bit of production, I'll and especially it. when you're talking about this time of the year, having yeah. to go out and find somebody. 
I'll take that guy. That I'll guy is, is probably much better you're not than anything finding, else you're going to yeah, find. You're not finding this guy in week 13. Exactly. It's not, that's, that's not going to happen. That's exactly right. And, right. And, and his numbers, some of those were career highs. His tackle tally last year, career yeah. highs. And that includes not only combined, but his his solo tackles, a career high. So, I mean, he, he had a very, very solid year, year last yeah. year. And I, I said Philadelphia. I'm sorry. I was looking Atlanta. at Atlanta last year. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we will uh, jump into our breakdown. Brian will tell us what he's found uh, about this Los Angeles Charger offense and how it matches up with the Dallas defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. The most action-packed motorsports experience in the world returns to Arlington. Head to AT&T Stadium this Saturday, October 14th for Monster Jam. Tickets are available now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. You know, as you mentioned, you know, fast-moving and, and action-packed, I thought you were going to mention our guy Stephen Thomas. Yes. Who's got a race this weekend. For those who don't know, he's like a, a friend of the program. He is a friend of the program, <laughs> and yeah. And has been, uh, been very—you weren't around back when Stephen— <laughs> Like one training camp just invited our entire media Got team. Got a bus. The, the entire media team. <laughs> so that's just Sent a bus to pick out. us up I from camp and take us to his Open house bar in, on the bus. In, in Malibu, I guess it was. Uh, yeah, like right on Shaggy. the beach. And, <laughs> and had a special, a special uh, uh, what was it, the, the chef from the like. The chef that went chopped. Yeah, it was crazy. And he like cooked this whole meal for us. It was it was 
just a phenomenal gonna it, day. Just gonna rub it in my face. But that's our guy, just man. Just gonna rub it in my face. Uh, no, I'm just yeah. I'm giving I'm well, giving little praises to, to Steven. To Steven. Well, well, yeah, he runs. Uh, if you're familiar with the the movie Ford vs Ferrari, yes, yes Steven. Sir. Okay, now Steven and I. We talked about just. I'll try and make this quick. The the, the <laughs> his racing career started on a bar napkin in the Cowboys Club. We were huge sitting, fan, by the way. Huge, huge fan. fan of the Cowboys. Yeah. He was. He's a lawyer. He's one of the, one of the most successful lawyers in the in the country. And so, but he's a huge Cowboys fan. Well, now he's a huge racing fan. But he's known as a gentleman driver. And so, if you seen the movie Ford vs Ferrari, twenty four hours of uh, the Rolex twenty four. He's run it. Uh, he's won it. Well, he's won at Le Mans. He's won at Watkins Glen. He's this guy's like, yeah, he just has been a driver for all, three years now. And he's won at all these historic That's tracks. Nuts. And he won in Indianapolis two weeks ago, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course there. And he drives with an LMP2 car, which is a Le Mans prototype car. Running for the championship this weekend uh, in Atlanta at Road Atlanta. So going to see him because of the Cowboys Monday night game. But I know everybody here at DallasCowboys.com is We big are fan. fans of him. When we went to his house, he had a room. Do you guys remember where he had a big screen, like a projector yeah. or something? Yeah. A simulator. A yeah. simulator. Yeah. And it's... Like you're playing the a real video well, game, it reminds me of that but new with movie, everything. Gran Turismo, where yeah. you know these kids yeah. that are playing games racing, that they get a chance to about race. My Gran Turismo. I actually yeah. have that setup. I have a Gran Turismo well, sim setup at home. He, oh, okay. This, right. this thing he has, he went to, he went to, he went to England. He went to McLaren and got a. Uh, it's a two hundred thousand dollars simulator. And put it so literally when he drives, God, he can drive any life. track in the world. And he, yeah. he yeah. puts his gloves on, his helmet, and straps in. And then next thing you know, that thing is moving yes. and it's shaking <laughs> and moving. And you see him working his feet. And yeah. but yeah, he's running for uh, the championship, the IMSA uh, championship. It's uh, it's called Petit Le Mans. Is well, what we're running. Good at luck this. to our guy. Yes, sure I never talked. Let's, Let's give him charge. all our love. Yeah, sure we're, we're, we're rooting for him this weekend. I know Hopefully he gets a big the, win. Yeah, people in the mentions are freaking out right now. It's all good. Shut They'll the figure it out. Brought us. All right, here we go, Brian. Give oh. us the breakdown of this uh, Los Angeles Charger offense. Yeah, this is a clearly a different offense than what we've seen in the previous seasons with the Chargers because of Kellen Moore being there. As a unit, as a unit, uh, they they do things that we've kind of familiar with with Kellen Moore, but you've noticed. And the numbers will tell you, but also on tape will tell you, they run more slants, they run more go routes or vertical routes, and they run more wide receiver screens. Uh, they like to run the ball out of the what, the, what we call the sidecar, which is next to the quarterback, or they'll go pistol where they're directly behind. Mm-hmm. So you'll either see uh, the, 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 uh, the running back next to uh, your, your Justin Herbert there, and they'll hand him the ball on the inside, or they'll turn and spin and hand it to him from directly behind. But that's kind of the two primarily ways that they like to run the football. Their best players, their best offensive threats are Keenan Allen, Jared, uh, Jared Everett, and then Austin Eckler, I, in my opinion. I think these are the, 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 you know, when you start to talk about the players that the Cowboys have got to be alert for during this football game, those are the three main guys. I mentioned the quarterback there, Justin Herbert. He's one of the he's one of these young and up and coming guys, um, super talented. You can't draw them up any better physically than what this guy looks. Total package when it comes to his makeup, his skill. He's a quick decision maker. He knows where he wants to go with the ball. He's not going to hold it. He's not going to delay in the process. He gets to his reads quickly there, and he'll deliver a strike. Physically, he stands really tall in the pocket. But he's had his share of plays. If you watch uh, the the pressure plays that he's dealt with, there's a lot of him getting out of there and running and trying to make something happen. Uh, 
He's going to find ways to escape. Cowboy's got to be alert for that. He is willing to run. Uh, so that might be a little bit of something you have to keep an eye on right there. He could throw on the line with deadly accuracy. He doesn't make the receivers at all work for these balls. I mean, you, you know, he usually puts it right where they need to be. Uh, but you got to make sure you get him on the ground when you have the chance because I've seen him bounce off in the film and the Vikings had him sacked and he's spinning around in the pocket. And the next thing you know, it's like a 25-yard pass down the field for a first down. So got to got to wrap this guy up for sure when you get the opportunity in the pocket. I mentioned Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen he's... Herbert's go-to guy, the quarterback rating of, a, of 130.5 when he's targeting this guy. And so mm-hmm. he's yet to throw an interception, by the way, when throwing the ball in Keenan Allen's direction. Keenan's a strong-handed catcher. This guy can't run out of sight, okay? He's just mm-hmm. not. He's not going to scare you with his speed. But what he'll scare you with is his initial burst off the line to gain some separation. He makes his share of contested catches. He's a dangerous player when you put him inside, when you put him outside. It really kind of doesn't matter because he'll body up defenders and use his sizes to his advantage. He catches the ball well on the move, and he's an outstanding finisher. And they'll line him up all over the place. Uh, Quentin Williams has kind of taken over for Mike Williams. Mike Williams suffered a knee injury in the Minnesota game, so you don't have to worry about Mike That's Williams. a huge loss. That's yeah, a huge loss yeah. for them because he was having a pretty decent year. But Quentin Williams, if you follow the draft show here on our platform, we talked a lot about him last year from TCU. He's got that downfield ability. Um, he's got size, the body control. He can be a difficult guy to handle in those situations. He's kind of feeling his way right now as far as learning how to deal with the press coverage stuff. They'll knock him around a little bit. When corners walk up on him, he kind of gets a little bit a little bit skittish. So, you know, be ready to, to maybe make it uncomfortable for him. Joshua Palmer is the uh, is a, another receiver there. He's like a he's got a running back build in it. You have to almost do a double take when he's out wide. You're like, wait a minute, why they got a running back? Oh wait, that's number five. That's Palmer. So you have to kind of you know, understand what you're getting. He's a a really good run after catch guy. He can make things happen with the ball in his hands. He was that way at Tennessee, and he plays that way in the NFL. He's much more of a, a faster guy than he really is a quick guy. But you do see the ball go down the field to him. Uh, I mentioned Gerald Everett, the tight end. He's been outstanding for Justin Herbert early this season. He's an H-back move guy. He's got the receiver movement and skills with the hands. You see him lining up at a lot of different spots. Uh, He really excels when they get him in space. Uh, He's one of the better receivers the Chargers have when it's creating separation. If you look at those numbers and metrics, he's right over about four yards uh, of separation. So he's open a lot in these routes, and that's why that Herbert's able to get him the football. Uh, You know, he's not the best blocker, but he's not afraid to block. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there. He's not going to just smash you and then drive you out of the hole. He's going to kind of get in the way and try and turn you. Uh, Donald Parham is the other tight end, but Parham's been dealing with a a wrist sprain. It happened in the last game, and they had the week off. They're hopeful that by practicing all week that he can maybe play in this game. But those are the two tight ends you have to worry about. Uh, I mentioned Austin Eckler. I think he's he's a tremendous player. Mm -hmm. You just watch him. He's, He's been in the league seven years now. He's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury. He's a compact tough runner he's got outstanding vision patience he can finish runs uh, that way he could be a tough guy to bring on the ground due to his running style he's built real low to the ground and he's got a powerful lower body or a base leg drive the power uh, where he's very difficult to deal with is 
uh, that he is around the goal line. When they hand him the ball, he finds these creases. I know people that play fantasy football love this guy because mm-hmm. he's always he's scored, always scored touchdowns. He's one of those guys that he kind of takes it off tackle and it's kind of kind of muddy and then he jumps back inside and next thing you know he's in the end zone. Mm-hmm. The good thing you, you man, but the good thing about him is Kellen Moore doesn't throw screens to the running backs. He'll throw screens to the wide receivers. So, but in the past, this guy was really a good screen catcher. Yeah, he was. But you don't see him catch screens anymore. So that's kind of. But after watching McCaffrey catch that screen on that, you know that that, that first and fifteen play or whatever it was, <laughs> don't be surprised if yeah, Kellen work Moore, it in. yeah, they'll work it in some <laughs> way. But uh, but this guy has a real nose for the goal line. Their offensive line has been a little bit of an issue for them, and it's it's funny because they're a team they're a team that has has invested in their offensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, Rashawn Slater and Zion Johnson are both first-round picks, and uh, they they both play on the left side together. And but the 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 the, um, the interesting thing is that that Rashawn Slater has had some problems in pass protection. Uh, he has not been as good uh, as we've seen him in the, the, the previous couple of years. Uh, when I went back and watched the pressures, I was just curious. There was a lot of times where Slater, the left tackle, was having some issues. Now, you know, you're dealing with some teams that could rush the passer. The Raiders can rush the passer. The Vikings can rush the passer. The Cowboys can rush the passer. So, keep an eye on on Slater on that left at that left tackle spot, and uh, because there were some times where they were getting the edge on him, and it was a struggle for him. It, it was only because of his athletic ability that it saved him uh, from uh, from disasters. Uh, a couple of different times. The guy that I think is the weakest of the group here is uh, Trey uh, Pipkins, who plays right tackle. Uh, there was a number of times. He, he, he's one of those guys that gets way out over his feet uh, when he pass blocks. He's scared that people are going to try and uh, get by him, so he has to get his hands on people quick, so he gets a little bit overextended. So Pipkins would be the guy that I would attack. But keep an eye on Slater. It's just not been as clean in those games, those four games that I watched on him. I was surprised the pressures that he gave up. But uh, uh, that was uh, that was something I didn't expect. Um, my final thing is they're, they're a pull, trap, guards. We all remember Kellen Moore, how he used to run. He'd like to pull guys, especially down on the goal line. They like to pull. Remember Zach Martin used to pull and trap and stuff like that. They still do this, the same thing with the way they do it with their guards and their tackles. And so uh, they, you know, they like to try and uh, uh, get that. Uh, you know, that's something that we've seen before with Kellen Moore. I will say this: I think I think Herbert and Eckler mask for some of the blocking sins of this group as a whole. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if the Cowboys can take advantage of that. I was going back and I looked at the game that they had their worst passing day. It was versus Las Vegas in week yeah. four. Uh, during that game, they yeah. were 13, uh, um, 13 to Justin Herbert was 13 of 24, 54% completion rate, not very good. Yeah. Only 167 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. What did you see in that game particularly that maybe was the reason why they had their worst production? Yeah, I think it was it, it was the it was the pressure that they were dealing with. They did not handle the Vegas off the Vegas defensive line. Max Crosby's a handful. Max Crosby is a pain <laughs> in the ass to deal with. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to curse like that, but it, it really is. I mean, he is a problem to deal with because what happens is the way that Vegas moves him around, mm-hmm. and they've got guys that they've got inside guys that cause pressure to get push. When you're bad at both tackle spots, we saw that when you played the Giants in week one. When you're bad at both tackle spots, 
you know, that makes your it makes, makes your scheme, your 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 offensive scheme look really poor. The Vikings did the same thing. I, I I mean, the Vikings were able to get pressure on these guys as well. It's just teams that have that type of pass rush ability. I don't remember the Titans game of that being as effective, and the Titans can rush the pass a little bit, but not like not like the Raiders can. But with Crosby, they they just that was a big big issue for them. They were able to to take advantage of this, and it was a home game too for the Chargers, which you know you would think, oh maybe crowd noise got it, maybe something was a problem there. No, it was it was a home game for uh, for the Chargers. They just didn't do a very good job of handling that that the key elements of what the Raider uh, off, uh, Raider defensive line presents to you. So that being said, is, is this a week where, I mean, you if you're talking about you moving hope. Micah yeah, back yeah. to linebacker, I, is this yeah. a week that maybe you say, hey, let's just mix the safeties in and let them be linebackers with Damone Clark I, and let's keep, keep uh, Micah rushing the passer? Honestly, I feel like that, to me, the offense is going to dictate how your defense plays in this football game. Mm. You've got to find a way to get ahead, put points on the board. The, the, the Chargers are capable of coming back in games, but you've got to find a way to make them. The, the, the 49ers were never behind, never behind. And, mm-hmm. and that way it, it kind of dictates the way that they play. They could do things in, in, you know, with that. You know, if, you make, if you make the Chargers one-dimensional, yeah, their quarterback's good enough. Yeah, they have skill guys and all that. But, yeah, the pressure, I've seen pressure give them problems. You know, and but we saw pressure give San Francisco problems. It's a matter of can your offense generate enough points and continue drives, and then make the Chargers kind of become a one-dimensional team. Hey, don't let them be balanced. You know, make them throw the ball where you can maybe take advantage of that pass rush. Your corners are definitely going to have um, the work cut out for them, and your linebackers as well, because obviously what looms large is the likely return of Austin Eckler, yeah. which marries to the absence of LVE, and we'll get to the injury update. I have an injury update here in a moment. Um, so, you know, will Rashawn Evans play, and if he plays this coming Monday, you know, how quickly can he get into Dan Quinn's system? What does it look like for Damone Clark to have more snaps? What does it look like for Malik Jefferson to be thrown into yeah. the fire in a big way in, in that capacity but I will also say that um, when it comes to trying to contain the run game I'm sitting here and I'm looking at next gen stats and I was looking at it yesterday and I just wanted to revisit it during um, uh, Brian's excellent scouting report Unlike the Cowboys, who are still trying to figure out things in the offensive backfield with Tony Pollard, and you want to mix in Hunter, you want to mix in Deuce Vaughn, the Chargers don't do any of that. They look at the single back and they say, it's your game, you're going to have to make this happen for us. They don't run, they've literally run zero from a 21. They've run zero 22 personnel. Contrarily, the Cowboys, as they're trying to figure things out, they've run 19 uh, plays through these first five weeks from 21. And I say that to say, and 21 being a two-back set, what I'm trying, what I'm saying is if the Cowboys can find a way to at least contain Eckler, they don't have to worry about the duality of, oh, well, there's a two-back set. Who's yeah. the blocker and who's the decoy and who's getting the ball? It's just a matter of saying, we got to stop this guy. So from that capacity, it makes it a little bit more decisive. Then the execution comes into play. So, But to Brian's point, Eckler, is uh, he's more than a handful. So you got to yeah. key in on him. But at least you know that they run typically typically a single back when they have a back back there. So not much to key in on, but the one you got to well, key in on is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, we've seen it before. We, we, we've lived this with Kellen Moore. What happens when he wants to play with a fullback? He'll put a tight end back there. Yeah, right. You know, all of a sudden he'll he'll put Parham back there in the backfield and be a lead block and it won't be effective. They're better off running out of a single back, single back yep. than they are running with a, a, a tight end that gets in the way of Eckler trying to find the hole. 
Yep. And really quickly, because I know we got to go to break. See, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling the flow in there. Um, LVE is heading to IR. That's been confirmed this morning by Mike McCarthy. Um, Nishan Wright will see his practice window opened this week, so he okay. will have 21 days to show that he's ready for active roster. Otherwise, he has to revert to season-ending injured reserve. Peyton Hendershot is now a candidate for IR with that ankle mm. injury. So that is very, very interesting. Um, likely means, obviously, Sean McEwen. Do they sign him to the active roster? And, you know, what's about? to be some roster shuffling because of IR moves. Kevontae Turpin will start today with the rehab group, but he has a chance to practice, and Mike McCarthy said that Kevontae is um, beating down the door to actually practice. So It's amazing. I thought... And they, with a high ankle sprain? That thing came off a high ankle 46. <laughs> you say the word high ankle, I'm thinking it might as well just be broken. Yeah. You know, anytime well, you say high before me. anything, well, some things it's okay, but <laughs> there's, you know, but but this but this particular case, I mean, I, I thought the absolute worst watching him go off yeah. that field the other day, and and listen to your guys' reports, yeah. you know, from the from the locker room. Well, I, I will say this: Nick reminded me we've seen a player come back within a week of a high ankle sprain. We saw, I think it was Jason Witten do it. Yeah, um, and I think he mentioned another. He mentioned another right player. Time, I can't remember. Yeah, I know. Right, the guy played with lacerated yeah. spleen, so yeah. yeah, he's a little different than yeah. most people. Yeah. But Nick mentioned one other guy, and I couldn't remember who it was. But it was another player he mentioned as well that came back pretty quick off a high ankle sprain. But obviously it's a little different when yeah. you're Kevontae Turpin and yeah. your best asset is running. That's a little different, like coming back from a high ankle sprain that quickly. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he can uh, he can get it to, together and he can play this week. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Got more questions uh, for this panel about the uh, Cowboys defense versus this Charger offense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. All right, here we go. Head to the pro shop at Northeast Mall in Fort Worth, Texas. 
Fuck, excuse me, Arlington, Texas, not Fort Worth, Arlington, Texas. Oh, I said Fort Worth. Uh, on Saturday, October 15th, between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Cowboys Collections on Tour. See Rare Team Archives, customized headwear, uh, grab a gift with a purchase, and enter for a chance to win a giveaway. Stay tuned for more tour stops coming throughout the season. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. You knew exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I found this stat on our NextGen Stats uh, website, and it We're really, wearing that thing out, aren't we? I know we, we are, but, but it's such fun. great information. It is great. But this is going to so blow your mind. Great. Check this out. Uh, Justin Herbert, he has completed 49 of 50 passes for 469 yards and two touchdowns on attempts where he is targeting the seams. Yeah. I don't hmm. know if I've ever heard a stat like that because that just means like it, that is deadly for them. How does that match up with the Cowboys and what the Cowboys like to do defensively? Got anything in mind with the linebacker play? Uh, that's the first thing popped in my head was the the concern with the linebackers. Right. Is, that, yeah. I mean, that's what pops into your head immediately because you, when you hear a stat like that, you you immediately think of the linebackers and you say, okay, well, what are the, what's their coverage ability, right? And LVE, quite as it's kept, is not bad at coverage. Yeah. And you're going to lose that. And they're going to attack the seams. 49 out of 50 is insanity. Yeah. That is lethality. And so that means you're going to have to get – some help from those safeties and covering those seams. You don't yeah. have a choice. Otherwise, that 4950 is going to become. You got three you know, of them. Yeah, I mean, you got three. So, because <laughs> of what's going on with the Cowboys linebackers, you're going to have to get safety help and for it's that. It's hard to. Like right now, I'm questioning everything, even the things that were good. You know, like everything. even the good times, I'm questioning that. Was Never, I, I say in some other like state of mind? Like it's like you're getting divorced, and you know you got cheated on. You start you, questioning, you questioning everything. everything. Yeah. So a butt kicking to do that too. We, well, and I'm going back. Like okay, Dan Quinn, I love him. Let me hold on to that love and respect and appreciation for his knowledge and ability to make things happen. But when you come off two games where the defense played a certain way, now you start questioning, okay, can they do that again? Or can they adapt? Or can they figure it out despite the injuries or the lack of uh, depth that they currently have? So it's just it's very hard to visualize right now but then i keep trying to remember the good times well the problem you're running into now in in trying to remember the good times is two out of the last three games mm -hmm. defense has been at, at really been attacked you know and they, they kind of figured things out in the second half of the arizona game until they gave up the 69 yard pass to wilson they had things kind of in control but last week that tests your resolve a little bit of like oh whoa what's going on here um, what do you think that does to your confidence if for a group like this? Like we've always seen them very confident and and be, you know competitive guys that come come out and play at a very high level. But coming off the beatdown against the 49ers, what do you think that that does to this group's confidence? Well, I don't know if it it has anything to do with confidence. Is it has to do with maybe there's some players on that defense that masked some issues that you really had maybe maybe oh there's maybe, no maybe about it maybe Exposed. maybe maybe yeah absolutely yeah maybe the fact that micah parsons is one of the best deodorant sticks you've ever had <laughs> when there's been stink you know yeah. you, you put the deodorant on and you don't stink anymore yeah. or maybe uh 
Tank Lawrence or Oso Diggies, or maybe the way offense attack you with Diggs, or Diggs, Mm -hmm. or Diggs. Maybe Diggs on the field. Maybe Diggs was the great deodorant too. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when the thing that worries me, if we could circle back about what Patrick was talking about, or you were talking about the seams and the linebackers, is the fact that you saw the other day, and I don't know really if it's a seam pass, but the way that Kittle, the way that Kittle got across Mm -hmm. into an area where it went middle to seam. You know, and all of a sudden you're 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 not seeing it right. You're not, you know, it, it, and we all were kind of having questions like, is that Hooker's guy or is that is Bell supposed to carry that guy? Mm-hmm. And that's when all of a sudden, it, if you have a quarterback, that's what was the word you used? Lethality? What was it? Lethality. Lethality. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. Just lethality. But, lethal. But, you're but done. See, yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. It. it you just worry is that something that now other teams are going to see mm-hmm. like oh well hey they can't they they can't deal with drop depth of the linebacker wait the safety's looking at two different things they're getting put in bad spots yeah, I could say the great deodorant is Micah Parsons sacking the guy before it gets to be in that problem in yep. the secondary. Yep. Or somebody sacking that guy before it gets to be a problem in the secondary. Yeah. So. You, when you look at that, Brian, I, I I look at it and I'm like, this is not just a one-game problem. We've seen throughout this year, even in yeah. some of the games where they won, yeah. where receivers just get lost. Like they there's the defense kind of loses them. And what yeah. we've heard from them in, in the post game has been Jets game communication. Yeah, communication just wasn't right. I mean, in the in the Arizona yeah. game, you yeah. got a guy that's just yeah. wide yeah. open. Yeah. And again, it was a crossing type route yeah. and, and they just lost him. And yeah. and that's one of those situations where I am getting a little bit concerned. And you talk about what the players are thinking. I do start to wonder if the players start thinking like there's there's maybe there's too much that they're thinking about and maybe in some respects they're going to have to dial this down a little bit to simplify things a bit because there is this lack of communication or understanding or something in these moments in games where you're getting guys who are just getting wide open because they're just busted plays yeah. and they're busted plays in the secondary. Well, other than the injuries, it makes me wonder um what game was it? Was it against Arizona where like guys looked confused or like Mike? I was lining up. It was Arizona. Was it Arizona? And he was looking at LVE well, like where you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So up, it like, just makes me wonder how. What is different, really, aside from injuries? Like, what is different when you had such a connected, tight group in sync? And by that, I'm I'm specifically talking about when they're on the field acting and everybody reacting. We talked about, like, literally starting the season, how every single player was having a good day. Everyone made a play, tackle, got the ball, did something, and it was all around an unanimous great effort from everybody. But then all of a sudden, you start seeing games like that. Like, aside from, obviously, the opponent and what they're doing, when it comes to communication and all of that, what has changed? What's changed in in those two losses, what I pinpointed was – the fact that the Cowboys have so many quote unquote dogs on the defensive side of the ball is that when they get down and out, everybody wants to be the hero. Yeah. Everybody's chasing the big play. That's the difference. When you're blowing out the New York Giants, you don't have to chase the big play. You just get to play football, and then you can go out there and kick some butt. Same thing against the, the New York Jets. Same thing against the New England Patriots. But when you start struggling and get punched in the mouth by the Cardinals, and then you need, and your offense is also struggling, 
and now you start feeling that pressure to score defensively and get those extra takeaways, you want to be, you're trying to be the guy to do it on the very next play. Well, then maybe you're too aggressive on your pursuit for a tackle. And then you chase the wrong shoulder and now it's, you know, to the house or whatever the case may be. So in those losses, this is why it's key that the Cowboys, well, I should say it this way. That's why one of the biggest keys for the Cowboys continued success is they have to play from in front as opposed to behind. Because once they start playing from behind, everybody wants to be the hero. And yes, you have a, a defense full of guys who can be the hero, but the more you chase the big play, the less likely it is you will get the big play. What's more likely is that you're going to give up the big play. Yeah. All right, let's get our picks. Hmm. See what everybody thinks is going to happen this week. Cowboys travel to Los Angeles <laughs> to take on the Chargers Monday Night Football. Amber, what do you say? Sure, I'll start. Um, <laughs> Begrudgingly. Holding on to the good times and to the stat <laughs> of... <laughs> Holding on to that and no, holding on to the stat of that the Cowboys are nine and one, uh, or ten and I think one. that's ten and yeah, ten, ten and, and one, one uh, of wins after a loss. So they have shown a tendency to be able to come back and win after they get they get bit beaten. Both. But I'm choosing a, a victory. I'm choosing a win for the Cowboys. Uh, I think we will get a tight, like a close game score, maybe something like 23-20. Yeah, I think the I think it's going to come down to a game-winning field goal for the Cowboys. I think mm-hmm. Aubrey's going to have to knock one home. It might have to be for some distance. You know, I think it, it's it's one of those games where I've I've got this. I've got this vibe. I keep hearing the number keeps going in my head of you know twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. You're doing the fortune teller thing. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what top I, of the forehead. You're doing the I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dallas twenty seven, twenty four in this one. All right. Um, I thought the Cowboys had a good chance of escaping with a close win against San Francisco, but I knew that that would be um, a tough one, and I thought it would be emotionally draining, and I, I said it out loud you know, off the air, but I said they're going to win in San Francisco, and that's going to cost them the Chargers. Um, but Brian made an excellent point, I think, last week when he said you, you typically lose the ones you aren't supposed to lose, and you win the, one, win the ones you're not supposed to win. I think that they now flips. They lost against San Francisco, and in the fashion in which they did, they have no choice but to bounce back. Um, I believe wholeheartedly the defense will bounce back. I don't think they want that reputation of getting their butt kicked two weeks in a row. Um, offense, heading into the bye. Right, and heading into the bye. Offense, I don't know yet. So because I don't know about the offense, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Cowboys um, win it on an Aubrey kick. I agree with you there, but I think it's 20-17. to 17. Yeah. I think defense does their job. Offense, I just I don't know yet. Yeah. That that's that's the there, there, there's a side of me that was could have very easily picked the Chargers in yeah. this game. I think we very all think easily. it's going to be a close game. However it goes, I don't I just don't trust the offense right now yeah. to be honest with that. And I just did because of the again the the ten and one. I think there's some merit to that. That's just not hollow numbers. They do find a way to play better. Right. They better find a way to play better because if they're three and three coming back, it, it, there's going to be some hell to pay in that off week. Especially if the if the Eagles continue to win, yeah. they're going to start getting distance, yeah. putting a gap and yeah. uh, putting space between one and two. Yeah. So I also agree, Cowboys win, but I think it's a very close game. Yep. I think it's a lower scoring game. I have. 17 16 uh, is going to be just a it's going to be a defensive game really mm-hmm. I think because I like you said Patrick I've got I've not seen anything yet that gives me confidence that this offense is there and yeah. so I think this is going to be a game where it's going to have to be the defense and they're going to have yep. to make some plays and I think they will uh, I think they'll respond well um, and the history is on their side like what they've done over the last two years 
two and a half years is we know when they lose, they come back the next week and they give a really great effort they better, and they usually get a win. Better figure it out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens this Monday. <laughs> Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!